Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. My title tonight is this, Think Different. Think Different. Now, you would have known this in 1997, Apple did a campaign which changed the world called Think Different, right? This has nothing to do with that. But it's a cool title, so let's just keep going. So, do you know this is something that God values? Thinking different is something that God has been trying to do from the beginning of time. He has been trying to get his people to align their thinking with his. Like we think of Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve, God is trying from the start to get them to think the same as him. We, we can think about the Israelites, right? Time and time again, they keep changing their mind, forgetting the old, right? Forgetting the past. God is continually trying to get them to align their thinking. We think of the disciples. It's pretty much all Jesus did. He was trying to change the way they thought every time he spoke, right? God wants people to think like him. He wants to change their perspective, see things a new way. You know, if we're following the life of Jesus, as I just said, he was constantly challenging people. So often people in the Bible, because of their thinking, they had succumbed to either consequences, situations. They were either occupied by a nation. And God was trying every time to get them out of those places by changing the way they think. To overcome challenges and uncertainty, guys, this is what we need to do, is to think different. I believe God has called us, church, to be set apart. Do you believe that? It says in his word that we are called to be set apart. We need to constantly be looking for ways to renew our thinking, right? It says here in Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to constantly be learning, constantly be growing, constantly be thinking different. And tonight I want to conclude my sermon with this, knowing that unpacking one man's journey, right, one one man's journey of how he aligned his thinking with the mind of God, that we can extract some keys on how we can think different, and not just today when you're in church, right? I'm not talking about the church you, the Sunday you, I'm talking about the Monday, I'm talking about the Tuesday your every day, is that our thinking aligns with God every day, right? All right. So our text from this evening comes from the book of Numbers. Numbers. Now, the Bible is full of incredible people who thought different. We can think of Joseph. We can think of Daniel and David, Jesus, right? And I've always loved the person we're going to read about tonight, but I've got to admit, church, can I be honest with you? I've never preached about this person. Do you want to know why? Because his name is Caleb. Okay, and not because he's not a great story and his life is so amazing, but you get it. My name is Caleb, if you didn't know. Okay, his name is Caleb. But this man and his story is incredible, right? If you know, if you've read it before, this story will change the way we think. Now, let's go into a bit of the backstory first, okay? Now, Caleb, we need some context. Everybody knows when we read scripture, there's something called context. We need to know culture appropriation, when and when and how and everything like that. Caleb was born in Egypt. 
He was born a slave. He was actually born in a place called Goshen in Egypt. And he was born in Egypt, and he's the son of a man named Jephunneh, okay? Jephunneh. And Jephunneh was from the tribe of Judah. Now, some people in this room will understand the significance of the tribe of Judah, right? We look at the lineage of the tribe of Judah from Caleb through to Daniel through to David, and we know that it was prophesied that the Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah, right? Jesus from the tribe of Judah. Caleb was a part of a pretty great family. But when we read this scripture, a lot of us can read it as he just naturally thinks that way. But we have to understand that Caleb has been through everything the other Israelites had been through, right? He was born in Egypt under oppression. He was a slave, right? Caleb had been through it all. He had heard God speak, the, the prophecy that was spoken in Exodus to Moses, and he had seen God sent out the locusts and the plagues. He had seen all this. He had gone through the Red Sea. He had gone through the Red Sea and seen Mount Sinai and what happened in those moments, right? He had seen everything the Israelites had seen, right? From the good and the bad, both sides, right? He had seen it all. And we're going to read from today, Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 to 2, right? And the Israelites are on the border of the land of Canaan, okay? And the land of Canaan is what we call the promised land. It's the land that God had called the Israelites to go to, that he had set apart for them, right? So we're going to read chapter 13, verse 1 to 2, and it says there, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Now, what God has asked Moses there to do is to send one of the 12 tribes, a leader from each, okay? So they've been chosen. Then we go down to verse 17, and it says, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and into the hill country, see what the land is like, whether the people who live there are either strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are the trees on it? Is there, are the trees on it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. Now, God has then given right to Moses a word for what these men are there to do, and then Moses has given them a mission, right? To go into the promised land and to spy out what the land is like, right? And we know that goes on that the spies go into the land and they spend 40 days, right? And they go through looking through the land. We go down to verse 26, and it says there, so they've done 40 days, and now they're back where the Israelites were on the edge of Canaan. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them, and had the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here it is, the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified. And it says there, they are very large. We even saw descendants of the Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jezebites, Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and among the Jordan. 
Then it says, Caleb silenced the people. How good's that line? Caleb silenced the people. Power move right there. And he said, we should go up and take possession of the land. We, for we can certainly do it. But the man who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw there are of great size, of great size. Let me just quickly pray for the word. Lord God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word tonight. And Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me tonight. But Lord, I pray that we would find revelation in your word. And Lord Jesus, I pray, as I prayed earlier, Lord, that you would not just change our thinking and our mindset tonight, but Lord, we would think differently tomorrow in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. We have just read the few verses of Numbers. We understand the context. We understand what is happening. But how did Caleb have such a different perspective? Right? We know that he went through the same as all the other ten, right? Him and Joshua, different perspective. They've seen the same thing. They've done the same thing. They've seen God provide. They've seen everything the same time at the same place. Have you ever wondered this? How is it that we can hear, experience the exact same thing, yet see and perceive things completely different? Have you ever thought that, right? Like, for example, right? Everyone, if you look to the screen, okay? Right now, has everybody seen this image before? Does anyone know this image? Some people in the room might, okay? This image went viral. If you haven't ever seen this image, okay? This went viral for this reason. Raise your hand in the room if you think the color of that dress is gold and white. Wow, okay, put your hand down. Who in this room sees it as either white or blue? Wow. Okay, it's blue. Who here sees maybe black and blue? Wow. Hmm. How does that make you feel? We're all looking at the same image, right? We're looking at the same thing. What about if we play this sound? Laurel. Okay. Laurel. Okay, one more time. Laurel. Who here heard Laurel? Wow. Okay. Who here heard Yanni? Okay. Is this not crazy to you guys? This was crazy to me, right? You guys are hearing the same thing as I am. You're seeing the exact same thing as what I just saw, right? Yet... We can see, hear, experience the same thing, but still see something different, right? Do you agree? Right? How is it, isn't that crazy, right? That we can all experience something completely different. Okay, you may think, Caleb, how does this relate to this illustration around the word, okay? This is the exact moment. When I was thinking about this the other day, I would love to know that I was someone that thought different. But I do find most of the time I'm pretty ordinary. I'm being honest with you, right? I'm being humble. But when I read 
what Caleb and Joshua did, and I see what they've done there, no doubt their mind was aligned with God's. Would you agree? We we may ask ourselves, right? Caleb could have had the same report as the others. Maybe it could have been the popular thing to do. Maybe it could have been what everyone around them said they should say. Right? How did 10 people have a completely different perspective? You know, I could think Caleb and Joshua walking back from being in the land of Canaan and they're saying, wow, did you see the milk, the honey? Did you see the land? Did you see all this? And then the other, one of the 10 spies is walking next to him. Yeah, but did you see how big that guy was? Did you see the fortress they had? Did you see their armies? Right? It's a matter of perspective. Would you agree? Can I propose to you this thought tonight? Caleb had aligned his thinking with God's. And I have three observations I want to share with you tonight of, from this scripture that will hopefully help us apply this thought tonight, that we can learn to think different, that we can align our thinking with God's. First point is this, Caleb chose confidence against doubt, right? He was wholehearted, the word says. There was no other option, right? It says in Numbers 14, 24, and this is God talking to Moses about Caleb, and he said this, But because my servant Caleb had a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his disciples will inherit it. You know, wholehearted just means someone like Caleb was completely, utterly, sincerely devoted, determined, enthusiastic, Right? It, it says as well, marked by complete earnest commitment, free from all reserve or hesitation, wholehearted. Caleb knew, right, what God had promised. Right? Caleb knew what God had said. He hadn't forgot about what God had done. Caleb wholeheartedly believed in what God was calling the Israelites to do. In that moment, Caleb could have had any answer when Moses asked them to report, yet he still chose to stand by a place of confidence instead of doubt, right? He could have, he saw the same thing, right? Caleb saw the fortress, he saw the size of the people, he saw everything, yet still he believed the promises that God had declared over them, right? Exodus chapter 6, we know God said to Moses that he would take them out of bondage of Egypt that he would show his glory and he would make their people his people and he will take them to the promised land, it says in chapter six of Exodus. He didn't forget that. He knew staying where he was was not an option. He was wholehearted. He was confident. Have you ever met a business owner or an entrepreneur who was wholehearted, right? Maybe there's some people in this room that, Maybe that's you. And when you meet those people, they exude confidence. Sometimes we can see it as arrogance. Have you guys ever met someone like that? Anyone in the place, you've met someone like that? Okay. There may be people in the room. I'm not going to point any of you out. Okay. It's a joke, by the way. These people exude confidence. Reason why? 
They wholeheartedly believe what they are there to do. They wholeheartedly know their calling. You know, I was researching Think Different this week, and of course, the Steve Jobs Apple story is going to pop up. And if many of you may, everybody in this room knows who Steve Jobs is, right? Apple, the biggest company in the world. But one thing a lot of people said about Steve Jobs is that his confidence almost came out of arrogance. Now, we now see and we sort of idolise this man in popular society and the way he ran his business and what he did. He pretty well changed the world. Yet, he was so confident that nothing could hold him back from where he was going. You know, Steve Jobs was actually fired from his own company. Steve Jobs wasn't even a part of Apple for multiple years, yet he's still in that season of when he was in the wilderness, (laughs) when he didn't know what he was doing, he still wholeheartedly believed in what he was called to do, right? We know the fact, that story that yes, he was rehired by Apple and went to CEO and created this company, which is a trillion dollar company, which what it even is to trillion dollars, right? because he wholeheartedly believed in what he had been put on the planet to do. Even though challenges were huge, his confidence, nothing could sway him. Church, just like Caleb, to think different. We must put our trust in God and be confident in him. Can we be people, church, who are wholehearted? (laughs) Sounds easy to say it, doesn't it? But then to outwork it is a whole different thing. Can we be people that are wholehearted? Can we be confident in who God says he is? Right? Can we be confident in his word? Can we be confident in the promises of God? Yes. Can we be confident we know that Jesus died on the cross for us? Right? There are things that we can stand by as cornerstones in our life that we can live with confidence. Church, we need to be wholehearted in what God has called us to do. To think different, we need to have confidence in God over doubt. There's got to be areas in your life, I know my life, there are hundreds, thousands of areas where I doubt. I'm standing on this stage right now. There's probably, I don't know how many thoughts of doubt are going through my head while I'm talking to you right now. But I'm choosing to stand because God has called me to be here right now today. I believe it, right? I believe that I'm not speaking a word out of my understanding, but out of God's. Church, can we be wholehearted? To think like Caleb, we need to choose confidence against doubt. Caleb's chose, point number two, faith against fear. Faith against fear. Danger and risk is just part of the story. When the majority of the spies were full of fear, it says that in verse 28. Let me read it. Verse 28. You always know it's going to be a bad sentence when they say but before it, right? They've just said the land is amazing, flowing with milk and honey, incredible provision, land's perfect. All these things have probably been so perfect, yet they say, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. Then we know Caleb was full of faith, right? They were full of fear, yet Caleb stood in faith. Verse 30, I love that line. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up, take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. 
Caleb saw something the other spies didn't. You know, I said that earlier, but he did still see the army. He did still see the fortress. He did still see the weapons. He knew the fear. I'm not saying he was without fear either. I'm saying he chose faith against fear, right? That's a key that we can apply every day, that when we have an opportunity to stand in fear, we can choose to stand in faith. There is a reason why over on our driveway sign for the last eight months, we have had this statement, faith over fear. This is something that us as a church, our senior pastors wholeheartedly believe, that we're not saying no fear, we're saying faith overcomes fear. To think different, we can't be afraid of fear. We must step out in faith. No one in this room has ever been through this kind of pandemic before. Blessed are we to be in Australia where it doesn't really affect us as much. But there was a moment where a lot of us probably were full of fear. We didn't know what the next day was going to go. There's probably some business owners in here that were hit with some fear. There are probably some people here who maybe lost their jobs and before that were scared that they might not have a job tomorrow. There was real fear. Yet, we can choose faith. We can choose faith. The opportunity was far greater than the risk. You know, this reminds me of what Jesus said to Thomas. You remember that? And Jesus is there and Thomas goes to feel Jesus' hands, right? And we know that that image is so powerful. And it says there in John chapter 20, verse 29. And this is what Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Faith is about believing before we have seen Believing before we get through that thing that is bringing fear to us. Caleb had not yet defeated the armies, as we know the story of Jericho. They had not possessed the land yet, yet he still stood in faith. Can I ask you tonight that there are things in your world that fill you full of fear, but before you even defeat that, we need to choose faith. Do you agree, church? Because God has called us to live out of faith. Let's speak to the future. We all deal with this thinking daily, financial fear this year, starting that business. Maybe it's applying for that position. Maybe it's investing in a new idea. There are so many people in our church who I know in this room who have stepped out in faith this year, who have gone, you know what, I can sit back, hide, sit in fear, but I'm going to step out in faith. You know, as the season that we are coming to a close now, now I believe that our church has stepped into a faith season that we're not going to be held back by fear anymore, but we're going to step into faith before we even pass the fear because God has called us to live with faith. This is not just something we read and think it doesn't apply to each of us. We teach this out in kids. Let me tell you, they get it a lot quicker than we do because their faith, they see fear. You should ask my daughter, if I ask her to jump off whatever height, she's going to do it without even thinking, right? She has faith before the fear, maybe social fear, maybe there's someone that you work with, someone you know that you need to ask to come to church. Maybe you need to tell someone about the gospel. Maybe you're a single person in this room and you just need to ask that guy or girl out. Yeah, I got a little laugh. Thanks, Julianne. Faith over fear. Faith against doubt. I love this. To think different, we must counteract fear with faith. 
We need an everything is possible mindset. We do need an everything is possible mindset. My last point tonight is this, truth against opinion. Speak up for truth, church. Don't be afraid to bring a different opinion. Caleb spoke up for the truth even when he was the minority. Even if it brought danger to him. (laughs) Don't follow the crowd. Don't follow the popular opinion. Follow what God says. Follow his word and his promises. Don't be pulled into thinking the same as the world. Stand for truth, church. Wow, I said the truth word. Can I say that? Stand for truth, church. Oh, often stand for truth. Often we need to stand for truth, but guess what? Sometimes standing for truth means we might have to stand alone. And in Caleb's case, stand with one other person, right? Numbers 14. Some, I, I had forgotten about this part of the scripture, right? Numbers chapter 14, and it says here in verse six to nine. And we've seen the Israelites have given their report and they've now heard the report and the negative report and they're starting to rebel. They're starting to get angry. They're starting to be annoyed and they are going, they are losing it. I say it in our terms, losing it to Moses and Aaron. This is what Joshua and Caleb do. It says, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes off. It said, and they said to the entire Israelite army and assembly, right? Entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he says even in there that only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. They stood for truth even though danger was apparent. The people were angry. Even though 10 spies had a different opinion, even though their whole community, everyone around them was against them, they chose to stand by their report. You know, we, this point is highlighted through our world today with all the social issues that we are dealing with. Everybody's got a platform. Everybody's got a place where they can say their own opinion. Side note, church, can we be people <laughs> who, especially on social media, stand by truth and on opinion? I feel like we're seeing this too much where people are just sharing their opinions without fact or truth. An opinion is literally this, a view or judgment formed about something not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. I'm not saying you need to know everything, church. I'm not saying you need to understand everything. But all I'm saying is that we do the due diligence that God has asked us. I believe that Caleb, in that midst, in that moment there, he could stand as strong as he could because he knew what he believed. Caleb knew God's truth. He knew God's word. He knew what was prophesied, that God had declared that the promised land was for them, that God was with them and not against them, right? In that moment, he could stand strong because he knew what he believed. I think in our time, we need We need to be people who know God's Word. We need to know 
God's theology, right? Too long have we let other people create our own way of thinking. Church, we need to search. Before we even come into this building, we personally need to take responsibility that our relationship with God comes from me and God first before church, before anything I'm a part of, anything I do, church. Do you believe that? Because what happens is, is that when the challenges come, when the people stand against you, you can stand strong. You can think different. You know, there are areas in our world where we need to start choosing truth over opinion. And you know what? It may not be the popular thing to do. It may not be the popular thing to do. Think different. Just because you see, hear, experience the same thing does not mean that's the end of the story. My question to you is this tonight, church. What is your promised land? What are the dreams that God's placed in your heart? What is the situation you're finding yourself in? What is the decision that you need to, cha- you need to, you need to take? The choices that you need to make? Hmm. To step in to where God has called you, where you know that you would be wrecked if not to step into that thing, it requires you to think different to align your thinking with God. Where today do you need to choose confidence against doubt? Where today do you need to choose faith against fear? Where today do you need to choose truth against opinion? I love this quote. Henry Ford said this, thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probably the reason why so few engage in it. Church, can we commit tonight to be renewing our mind, to be aligning our thinking with God's thinking, to think different, not just for our own sake, but to do and to be all that God has called us to be. Because when we think different, we will see that those things that may have held us back, those things that look impossible, when you change your perspective, when you have a God mindset, if you think different, let me tell you, you're gonna start seeing that promised land come. That you're gonna start seeing those things that once held you back go away, fall away, fade away. I believe that God has called us to think different. Let me encourage you in this room that where you're at right now is not where you're going to be. We know in the story that Caleb and Joshua spent 40 years, 40 years after that good report, Yet, they were the only two that were able to step into the promised land. We need to think differently tonight, church. And I encourage you, wherever you're at, if you're a new Christian, if you've never been to church before, you can start to think differently tonight. Right now, you can choose to have a godly mindset. And right now, in this moment, we wanna give every single person in this room an opportunity to be able to say, God, I may not know you, but I'd love to. God, I may not think the way you do, but I would love to think differently, to think like you. And so I ask in this room, if there is someone here tonight, and you know what church, what we might do is we might just close our eyes. And without anybody else in this place, we're not looking around, there's nothing else happening except for this moment. 
And if you're in this room tonight and you, you don't know this God that I talk about, that you have never asked Jesus to come into your life, we want to give you an opportunity right now in this house, in this place. God wants to know and connect with you. And all I'm going to ask is just so we know it's you, so we can answer some questions and we can pray with you. But if that is you tonight, if you do not know this God I speak about, I'd love it if you could just raise your hand. Raise your hand nice and high so we can see it. There's no one else looking around. Come on, is anybody else in the room? Lift your hand. No one is looking, no one is doing anything else. Awesome, you can put your hands down. So Lord God, I pray right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Lord, that today, Lord, today is the day. Lord, the day that we have decided to stand firm with you. And Lord God, I pray over those hands that have gone up, Lord, they would be raised. And Lord Jesus, I pray right now that Lord Jesus, you would come into their heart, into their life right now. That Lord, they have decided to follow you, Jesus. So Lord God, I pray, Lord God, meet them where they are. Lord Jesus, I pray that they would experience you right now, Jesus, right in the seat that they are sitting in. Lord God, we declare in this moment, Lord, that you are our King. And we thank you, Lord. And those that have put your hands up, our team, they'll come and speak to you after the service and you can ask them questions and they'll pray with you. But right now, church, can we decide today to think different? Can we decide to align our thinking with God's? That after today on a Sunday and we've taken off our Sunday best, that our mindset, mindset stays the same. I believe that God has called us to be set apart, to be set apart, to bring a different perspective. That when others see fear, when others see destruction, when others see things that are impossible, that we see possibility, that we see life, that we have faith over fear. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word, God. Let me pray for you and I'll finish up. So Lord God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be in your house this evening. Lord, I pray that we would leave aligning our minds with you. And Lord, I pray that you would open up doors and opportunity, Lord God, to step into the promises that you have laid out for us. That Lord God, in every day of this week, Lord, in situations at work, Lord, or Lord, in situations that we find with family or friends or wherever we find ourselves, Lord God, I pray that, Lord God, we can step into the promises, the dreams, the visions, Lord, of where you want us to go. So, Lord God, I pray, align our thinking with yours. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, Caleb.